you only get one shot at retirement. So you better get it right. That's why we're here to help you with income planning, investment planning, and making sure you're taking advantage of advanced tax planning. Eliminate the financial worries of tomorrow and retire with certainty today by listening to Phil Putney of AFS Wealth Management. This is the podcast for you if you need to eliminate lots of question marks that surround your current financial plan. Welcome to Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. It's time for another edition of Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. Thanks so much, as always, for tuning into the podcast with Phil Putney and myself. Phil, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Mark? I am doing very well. Uh, I was kind of in the mood for a banana. Uh, I was going to have myself a banana while we were taping this podcast, but uh, that guy in Miami got in trouble for that banana. Yeah, <laughs> Did yeah. I didn't realize that? those things were so so uh, <laughs> expensive, right? Exactly. Crazy uh, what they call art today. <laughs> I know. So, folks, if you don't know what we're talking about, there was an art show in Miami Beach recently. Maybe you saw this article, uh, this story. A banana was duct taped to the wall and sold to an art collector for $120,000. Well, first, my question is, uh, what do you think about that as a financial guy, Phil? Is that a good purchase? Yeah, I mean, art, art's a you know, good alternative type investment, but I, I don't know about a banana taped to a wall. I mean, it's... <laughs> I, I would be curious to know the longevity of that. Let, let, yeah, right. Let's because say it's an appreciating asset. It's going to... Yeah. Did he get kind of stinky pretty quick? I mean, did he spray it? Did he like polyurethane it or something? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That's uh, well, no, well, I guess he didn't done much because the, the guy, the guy ate, ate it. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So, a couple. All right. So, they got to break this down for a quick second. So, a banana is like what? Just one banana is like, let's say, 30 cents. Yeah, it's it's not very expensive. So a piece you know, of duct must tape. have been just the right placement. <laughs> I guess. Piece of duct tape, another thirty cents, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah, I don't I don't understand what qualifies for art. But yeah, so the continuation of the story, folks, is then I guess somebody ate it. And I think this was I don't think this was the artist. I think this was a another art person, I think. Right. I think this was just somebody in the, you know, the art gallery that saw it and I don't know if he got hungry or thought it was a challenge. Yeah, I don't what, yeah, I don't think it was an actual patron. I think it was another art uh, like some sort of a performance artist or something. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. Yeah, I guess I didn't get the rest and, of the story, but And I guess he took it off the wall and ate it and then didn't realize it and so on and so forth. So my question I wonder now is he on the hook for the 120 grand or what? Or yeah, is that like an that insurance was an expensive thing? expensive banana if it, yeah. if he did. So Crazy. Like, just get another one and tape it back up there. I was, so I'm thinking it's like you know, as soon as they say something be like, "Oh, like okay, here I'll fix it." Yeah. <laughs> Give me 5 minutes and I'm going to run to Trader Joe's and I'll be right back. How many bananas did he have to sort through to find just the right just one? Just the right banana. You know, the tape under the wall. So. Crazy, crazy. All right. Well, yeah. So I don't know about uh, investing in art that way, but hey, you never know. So it's subjective. It, it could be a good alternative type investment, but yeah, I, I, I think that kind of art is uh, not a great investment. Very you have, unless you got enough money that you can just blow it, then that that might be a a way to do it but very true very subjective well yes exactly with that said let's talk about some traits that an advisor must have uh, versus some traits that a fine uh, art connoisseur must have because clearly we don't know uh so we'll talk about some advisor traits that uh, we want to have uh, you know some simple obviously trustworthy likable problem solving good listener all those things are clearly on the docket uh for what you're looking for but if you're out shopping looking for a financial advisor to work with for your retirement then you should be you know kind of describing some things or, or looking for some things that are going to work key for you now obviously there's some universal things like the ones i just mentioned but uh, what I'm going to do, Phil, is I'm going to jump around on this list a little bit here. So follow me sure. with this a little bit. But I think that one of the key places that people want to start 
outside of something as simple as saying, well, are they trustworthy? And we'll get to that in a second. But areas of expertise. And the reason I want to bring this up is on our last podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had an email from a lady who was having trouble getting her husband sitting down with an advisor. And we talked about there's just a big, big difference in the animal that is building your wealth while you're still working in, let's say, 35, 40, 45, even 50, than it is from 50 to into retirement and on when you start doing preservation and distribution. And areas of expertise should be huge in, a, in the trait you're looking for. Absolutely. And to me, that's really the, the number one place to start. I mean, it's it's funny. We do this with our doctors, right? I mean, sure, as you yeah. age, all of a sudden, you've got these other specialists you start to, to need to <laughs> build into your, your you mean, doctor repertoire, so to speak. You mean you don't go you to know? see your pediatrician still? <laughs> no, it's, yeah, eventually they kick you out and you know, you're, you're beyond the age and you got to move on. And not to say that happens with financial advisors, right, but right. Um, everyone has their own area of expertise and, and their approach. I Mine is we work primarily with those that are in and nearing retirement. So we help more with that distribution phase of retirement and you know maybe the later stage of accumulation and just repositioning things in such a way that you're ready to, to bridge that gap into retirement and now move through retirement with a plan in a, in a comfortable, confident fashion. You know, so it, it's really where are you at in your phases of, of saving and or in retirement and in finding somebody that has a specialty that can fit with you. And taxes are a big piece of that spending phase of retirement and understanding how do you control those. That's another area of expertise that I personally have and we work with our clients on. Well, and when you're thinking about areas of expertise, and you can also even dive a little further and say there are licenses that are going to affect some of that as well. There are some people who are only able to uh, like work for insurance products, for example. Correct. Yeah. So you also want to look at that that license standpoint to understand, you know, where, where are they coming from, from a, a best interest type of scenario? Are they only looking at just suitable products for you? Or are they working in your best interest as a fiduciary? Um, you know, so that's another piece that licenses play into that CPA license. I mean, that gives me the, the tax background and that also we act as a fiduciary and we have to work with our clients in their, their best interest. So licenses definitely will help play into that area of expertise. Yeah. And I think so that's, oh, go ahead, Phil. I'm sorry. I was going to say, and and, then it's going to kind of control what tools that advisor has in their bag to help you uh, with your financial scenario. If they're insurance only licensed, I mean, there's only one tool in their bag they can use and it's some kind of an insurance product, which nothing wrong with insurance products, but it isn't the end all and be all. There's other options available where it fits. It works really well, but it doesn't work for everything. Yeah, very true. So I think that's a great place to start. If you're saying, okay, I'm looking for an advisor. I want them to have some traits. Look at that area of expertise, that skill set that is the right, that is you know fitting for your particular situation. And I realize that if we're getting if we're new to this and we're getting into it, that you may not know what your situation is. Hopefully, you're listening to things like this podcast uh, to kind of learn a little bit more, and you're kind of doing some of your own diligence and your own homework. But that's a great place to kind of look at it. Now, some other little factors that go into it. There's nothing wrong with actually going and scheduling an appointment and talking with someone and sitting down with them because you could then back that trolley up Phil and say okay let's talk about trust for example well how can you decide if someone is trustworthy well we mentioned like some licenses that can go a long way to helping you find the right person and that can build a level of trust but is it just simply a gut thing sometimes do they just need to give you the warm fuzzies 
I mean, it's to me a big part of it. And, and you, it's funny, you hear women's intuition, right? There's a lot to that. You know, um, I definitely encourage as if you're a married couple, have both spouses meet with that, that advisor that you're maybe interviewing to help you with your retirement or whatever stage you're in, because you might each come from it from a different perspective, you know, and, and trust your, your gut feeling, but take it beyond that. I mean, you've got to, you know, look obviously just beyond the, the gut to what is their background, their experience. I mean, you can look them up online, every advisor with licensees, you can look and see, have them in complaints. Are there, you know, issues uh, that other people have had with the advisor? So it starts with that gut feeling though, and, and meeting with the, the advisor to see, are they a good fit? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so then while you're in that meeting, then I think you could also kind of start to assess likability. Again, kind of a weird, you know, non-tangible thing, I suppose. But, you know, just in general, like if you're going to see, and granted, we're not talking about necessarily having to hang out with the person and play poker with them and so on and so forth. But at the same time, you want to, you know, enjoy and like, generally like the person you're working with in, in whatever field. I think if you, like, you know, myself, I've mentioned before, you know, being a heart patient, uh, my initial cardiologist, we just did not see eye to eye and I respected the things he said, but I, I really felt like I couldn't communicate communicate with him and I didn't like his persona. So I switched to a different cardiologist in his office and that worked much better for me and I was able to communicate better. Absolutely. And that that's a big part of it. You're, you know, working with somebody hopefully for an extended period of time. You don't want to be jumping around and finding a new advisor every two to three years. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be somebody that you're trustworthy, you know, you feel is trustworthy, but also that you like, you know, you're comfortable with their communication style, their background and expertise, and just them as a person. Um, in that first meeting, for us, it's it's funny, internally, we call it a fit meeting. It, it's really, to me, about seeing is there a good fit. Number one, from a expertise and a background standpoint, do we have the right expertise to help that client in their scenario? And then secondly, is do I feel that they're a good fit? Because we're, we're interviewing a client in a similar fashion to see, is there that likability standpoint? Do I think we can work together for this extended period of time, just like they're interviewing us as well? So it's, it's a key factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, factor these things in when you're talking about these kinds of traits, um, you know, find the expertise, find the specialties, have the meaning. Do you get a good gut feeling? Do you feel like there's going to be some trust there? Uh, you know, are you enjoying the, the process? Do you feel like they've got a, a likable personality that's going to work well for you? And then, you can continue to fine tune that in. You can also kind of pay attention in those initial you know, conversations and say, well, what about the, the overall kind of listening ability? What's the old thing? God gave us two ears and one mouth, you know, use them in that proportion. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that is a key factor in, in working with an advisor is, you know, do they have an agenda in, in one product that, you know, within minutes, don't find a lot about your background and history or whatever you're trying to accomplish, but here it is. Boom. You know, this is the product that's going to fit. You know, so they're talking more about the solution and, and what they're trying to sell than well, what is your scenario? Let's hear your background, your history. You know, how did you get where you're at? What are you trying to accomplish? When would you like to retire? What is that? You know, all the different factors that go into that so that you can start to, to formulate then a plan to fit that. And it, a lot of it comes to listening. Yeah. 
No, definitely, definitely very true. And, you know, I realize that sometimes, especially when you go to see advisor, you think, well, I'm there to get advice from them. They should be the one talking and and maybe at some point, but they should also be the one doing a lot of listening because they got to learn about you. They need to learn about you and understand what you're trying to accomplish, what you want to have done and get done for your retirement because it's your retirement, not the advisor's. Absolutely. And that, I mean, that's a discussion we have with clients when we're starting that first phase of building a financial plan. I always tell them during this planning process, my goal is never to, to put together all the facts and figures in a plan and say, here it is, it's yours. It's really to show you pros and cons, right? Here's, yeah. here's Social Security. You talked about filing at different ages. Let me show you the pro and con of those so you can start to make informed decision or decisions. And it really comes back to listening. Well, what are their concerns? You know, so how do we build those into the plan, make sure we're accomplishing those and satisfying those concerns and goals along the way? Absolutely. I agree with you a hundred percent. So, you know, again, when you're looking for an advisor, these are some traits you may want to go through. And of course, as always subscribe to the podcast so that you can uh, listen to this, you can back it up. That's the great thing about podcasts. You can pause it. Uh, you can run and, and answer the door when UPS comes or uh, whatever the case might be and come back and pick it back up or even back things up and kind of listen and, and fine tune into some of the areas that you're looking for, kind of the listening ability we just talked about. And when, you know, you're going through all this list of stuff, don't forget that one final piece you want to address is how do they address and find the problems uh, for you? Like, so with the secure act, for example, we'll use that as an example, Phil, we've been talking about that the last Mm -hmm. couple of podcasts. Um, Are they aware of these, these new changes? Are they up to date on them? They, they should be aware, but are they aware? Are they talking to you about how it might affect you? You know, are they, are they looking ahead to problem solve problem, find things for the client that the client might not know exist yet? Right. And that, that really comes back to a lot of that areas of expertise. You know, when, for instance, in our scenario, we work again with those that are in and nearing retirement, teach college classes on that, on Social Security, on tax planning, Medicare, all the different factors and, and pieces that are coming into those decisions that you're making in retirement. And we get comments all the time, you know, I had no idea that there were all these different things you had to look at and understand, you know, and that's really coming back from our background and experience and working with clients for all these years in those areas there's things that, that we understand and know that you're going to be facing you know, over the next two, three, four, five years as you get into retirement that you don't really probably know, nor should you necessarily, because that's not what you have done. You know, Whatever your career is, you're an engineer, you're a nurse, whatever it is, that's your specialty. That's where you've concentrated your efforts. So you need to rely on a professional that understands the pros and cons and you know, how do you manipulate those problems and, and make them uh, not necessarily a problem, but maybe a benefit for you. Somebody that's proactive too. You know, yeah. They're not just reactive to, oh, this happens and so now we've got to do something. Do they have a plan in place that has <laughs> accomplished all those different factors along the way? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. That, I think that's a great point. So you want to be like, well, sorry, you know, this happened. So now we're, you know, yeah. So trying to be proactive is a good idea. All right, folks. Well, there you go. So that's our main topic this week here. Uh, having some good traits for your financial advisor. You want them to have these traits. These are kind of must haves and hopefully that'll help you identify 
buy those. As always, subscribe to us on Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart, or whatever platform you choose. You can find it by simply searching Phil's Tax Hacks, and you will find it that way. Or you can make life easy and just go to AFSWealthMGT.com. That's AFSWealthMGT.com. Most of the apps and most and the website has uh, some different ways that you can share that. Certainly share that with folks. We'd certainly appreciate it who might need to hear the message. And as always, if you have questions or concerns, before you take any action from something you hear on this show or any other, always check with a qualified professional like Phil. He is a CPA and a personal financial specialist at AFS Wealth Management here in the Metro Detroit area. Call him at 248-888-7530. All right, Phil. So final bit, let's do an email question before we depart this week. And it's from Warren in Northville. He says, due to a mutual friend, I have the opportunity to work with an advisor who says he primarily works with folks with big accounts, $5 million or more. I don't have nearly that much money, Phil, but I'd love to get advice of such a big time advisor. Do you think this is a good opportunity? I mean, it really depends. It, uh, the challenge you're going to face there is that, you know, the investment options and opportunities available or even appropriate for somebody at that level at 5 million may or may not fit in your scenario. Yeah. You know, so you, you've got to understand yeah, that's great. They work with these big, big accounts, but big accounts have different challenges and different problems. So it, it, it might, you know, make you feel good that, oh, I, I get the opportunity to work with such a big time advisor, uh-huh. but does their, we talked about, you know, picking that advisor, does their area of expertise really fit in your scenario? True. You know, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden, because you invest with them, your account's going to grow to 5 million. Well, that's true too. Yeah. And I, and I don't want to be, you know, be that guy, but there's always the chance in a situation like that that you, do you get the attention that you might hope to be getting when they have these larger accounts? You know, Absolutely. I hate to say that, but that is entirely possible. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, they're you know, if that is their their primary focus, if you know they've got those clients at the five million level, and you know whatever your number is, or that's a million or half million, where do you fit on their radar? And are they going to return your calls and give you the attention from a plan and all the other pieces that go into that that you deserve? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I know we'd like to all, you know, hope that that's not the case. And we, we definitely see commercials to that as effect, but you have to be realistic too. And that's why they're again, kind of the areas of expertise. Uh, you have this opportunity through a mutual friend, this advisory firm is, is doing this larger setup. So they, they may not even really be, you know, in the mindset of, working and, and making you feel as though the value is there for you because they're dealing with these larger accounts. So lots of ways of looking at that, I guess. Yep. I mean, give them a chance to go interview sure. with them, yeah. talk to them, but realizing you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you oh, to yeah. see if there's a good fit. That's a great know? point. And there. It might not be a great fit. There so. you go. Fantastic question. Great points. Uh, so hopefully that helps Warren. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. And of course, uh, if you're working with Phil, fantastic. If you're not, then give him a call and, and also have that same interview him as well. Do that same kind of thing. So we certainly appreciate it. And that's going to do it for us this week on the podcast. And actually, this is kind of our Valentine's edition here, Phil. So before we yeah. go, I'm going to give you kind of a guinea. Are you a, are you a Valentine kind of guy? Yeah. Yeah. We uh, usually try to get chocolate or a card and, you know, not, not big, big into it, but um, it is a, it is a holiday we celebrate. So. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So you're on the hook now you've said it on the yeah. air. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's, it's funny. We're talking about Valentine's. I'm just scheduling a meeting with a client and, uh, he was saying, well, yeah, let's meet on that day. Cause I've got the day off and you know, he played it up big. Oh, I, I took the day off and because his wife was here uh-huh. and he, and you know, it comes down to the fact, well, yeah, I, I really get every other Friday off. So I happen to have that Friday <laughs> off. So it's, 
busted that, that's right that's right <laughs> uh good stuff well folks enjoy yourselves have a great week uh have a great holiday or well valentine i guess it's a holiday but have it, a, it's, a, it's a holiday yeah, like, yeah, of sorts, a, you know, yeah it's not a, a hallmark holiday there you so go there you go enjoy enjoy the valentines and uh, and all that good stuff but again as always subscribe to the podcast we'd appreciate it we'll be your valentine if you want to subscribe to us and of course Absolutely. uh you can always reach out to phil if you have some questions or concerns at 248-888-7530 this has been phil's tax hacks and other retirement facts and we will see you the next time investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.